0: Hello, friends. Welcome to Kirk Your Enthusiasm. It's been a while since I've had a non Mavs Moneyball slash Mavericks adjacent guest, but we have here Ben Collins of NBC News, who is a longtime diehard Mavs fan for anybody that does not or is rather new
1: to the show. We've picked up a lot of new subscribers the last several months. Ben, how are you? I'm wonderful, man. This is very exciting. Uh, I, I I think I, I texted you before this that whatever happens from here out is all gravy. Um, mm. I'm playing the horrible expectations game in my head. I'm like, but it's a really good opportunity here. Like it's wide open. So uh I'm very good and I am just excited about basketball for the next hopefully month.
0: Yes. And you know, with the way with the way these games go they're basically every other day we start the series on wednesday night they all are eight o'clock central time which you're an east coast based person and you can speak to this as well because you you have to deal with deadlines and early mornings like 15 minutes earlier can make a huge impact in the entire evening and so it's just it's nice to start these games at a much more reasonable time um and it's it's i'm just i'm looking forward to it uh you know, I spent a significant portion of yesterday sort of reveling in the win. We had like, uh, I had like a two and a half hour long Spotify live, which everyone should go listen to if you haven't. Which was all sorts of people like joined in. Jason Gallagher, I had KOC stop in, um, and just it was really fun talking about that that game. But now I've I've, I've sort of had to turn my eyes forward and think about this Mavericks Warriors series, which is it is going to be. You know, talking about the Mavs Suns, like I just didn't see a path. And to be honest with you, I still don't understand how the Mavericks won because it really, like the Suns offense just stopped. And the Mavs did that to them. But also, I think the Suns did it to themselves in a really large way. Like they, much like the 2007 Dallas Mavericks, the Suns were not playing their best basketball anymore. And you have to be playing your best basketball at this point in the season. And sometimes how good your team is doesn't matter. So now we're on to this series with the Warriors. And There's honestly a lot of basketball strategy to talk about and like matchups and really fun basketball, like there, you know, past the narrative stuff, which is also quite fun. There's like a lot of like basketball nerddom stuff that you really want to sink your teeth into. And, you know, you sent me a list of stuff you wanted to talk about, and I think we should just jump right in it where you have
1: your first question is who is going to guard Luka Doncic? Yeah, I think that's the most important question here, because in the last series, I think we all assumed, oh, it'll just be Bridges, you know, second mm-hmm. defensive player of the year voting. This, he should be able to at least uh, stifle him in some way, but they went away from that instantly because it did not work. Luka mm-hmm. was just too big the entire series. He was too big for everybody, including DeAndre Ayton, which was shocking to all of us. So what do you do? I'm thinking that they, I don't know if they start this way, but I'm thinking that they try some Draymond on him to be much harder for Luka to do anything in the post against Draymond than anybody else in this team. It's going to make it so they probably have to play another big, which is complicated for them, which makes it so, you know, Maxi or Dwight is probably on the floor at all times. But I think that's probably their best bet. I don't think Klay has the lateral uh, quickness at this point in his career. Everybody else is too small. Uh, Wiggins is too thin. Um, he's athletic and good and interesting, but he has the same body type as Bridges. He just got burnt the entire series. So Kirk, what do you think? I think it's probably going to be Draymond.
0: So this is a fun question. I I went and looked, and and this is I'm looking at Basketball References uh, Golden State Warrior roster, and I sorted by height. The Warriors have 12 players um, that are between six foot nine and six foot four. Wow! And so they just and this has been the model for how you build like for what you do. And so let's just Masai model, right? Yeah. Yeah, where it's just it's length around uh, Curry, who is six two and one hundred and eighty five pounds, where it's you're you're minimizing his weaknesses. So Gary Payton's out uh, for the series. He is shorter, six three, but he is a he's a great defender and would be good on on Luca. Then the guy who's probably going to get targeted the most in Jordan Poole, and then there's Damian Lee who doesn't play much, Andre Iguodala who doesn't play much anymore. But I wouldn't be. I mean, after seventeen years, I bet he gets some spot minutes just to absorb because this yeah, could I be mean, this
1: Go ahead. even three years ago Igadala would be a very good uh <clears throat> guy to try to sick on Luca at least you yep. know like you said if there are 15 minutes of that guy of that version of Igadala, that could be a problem for us it really could he's yep. he's a he's to me I would try to build a basketball player that looks like him if I wanted to defend Luca
0: then you have Clay Thompson, who I think will probably get a few reps, but Clay just doesn't have the lateral quickness after his after his injuries. And I don't think it's wise to use fouls like that. Cause Luca's gonna Lucas if the Mavericks have a shot in the series, is he's gonna put people into foul trouble. Um and Clay's just, you know, he's there. Then you have Draymond Green, who you mentioned. And I don't know if Draymond Green is the smartest use of Green's skills. Number one, Green can't stay in front of Luca. Luca can power past him like this is just a fact and anyone that argues that has not seen Luca cook him it's happened before Mm -hmm. second green is green's abilities are in a team defense sense where he is quarterbacking what's happening you know rotating making the right read at the right time so I, I I suspect we'll see a little bit of green but not a ton then there's Moses Moody, who's 6'6", who's a rookie, who probably won't play at all, but he did play in the regular season matchups. Juan Toscano-Anderson, um, who I love out of Marquette, I he just he I just love this guy, but I don't think he's really going to play that much. I, and I, think, the he's, first,
1: I think he's so, a good guy, but honestly, Kirk, I, has he been in the rotation at all? No, no, yeah. he he
0: he kind of got put put out of it. Then you have then then we get to the guys who I think actually spend the most time on Luca. You have Andrew Wiggins um who is is six six and about 195 pounds which is small and he doesn't have the wingspan of bridges I also don't think he's like he has the athletic build to be a great defender and but he's just not and oddly enough like I saw some guy like Jim Parks who writes for Chris Sheridan's blog said it's like oh, will play off Wiggins here and it's like what are you talking like playoff Wiggins like that's not a thing what are we doing um, but I do think he spends a fair amount of time the regular season matchup he actually guarded Luca pretty good he caught forced a lot of turnovers Luca Luca was actually quite turnover rampant against the Warriors and that's going to be probably what decides an, an element of this series is whether he controls the ball, then you have Otto Porter Jr, who is a big man, he, yep. he is a lot bigger than people remember then uh, rookie Jonathan Kaminga, and then Kevon Looney, who will guard Luka off of switches. And so the the Warriors just have bodies to use on him. Now, I don't suspect you see anything like we saw against the... um, where Luka's just going to hunt mismatches. So whether the Warriors play what Zach Lowe constantly refers to as the pool party lineup, or whether they go more defensive-minded, which is what I think they do, is going to be really interesting to watch because I think trying to contain Luca in the sense of making him be the scorer, like turning him into James Harden is, is probably their path for success because if they can make sure the other Mavericks don't go off, they're probably going to live with Luca scoring 35.
1: Yeah. I, I think this year I have realized there is a pretty foolproof test in recognizing who's a bad coach and it's people who panic and try to double Luca at the half court line. Like, no. Those coaches are, what are they doing? It's a free bucket um, on two passes. Because they, make, they really yeah, stopped doubling Luca. And they should, they, there's no reason to double Luca. He's the, one of the only guys who's big enough and he's the best passer in the NBA and he's big enough to make a cross-court pass, mm-hmm. which defeats every double in the half court. It's just the way it's going to be. So I don't think Kerr is going to do that. I don't think it's, he's a good coach. And I think he has a good coaching staff that realizes that's not a good plan B. I do think this idea of shuttling in and out, you know, these big long bodies, you know, do Kuminga for 15 minutes, do JTA for 15 minutes. If, if he is good enough on offense to stay in the rotation, you know, do some Wiggins, do some Draymond, do some clay. To me, that is a way that you're not, you're never going to stop Luca. He is, uh, I think, the best player in the NBA. But if you make it so there is this diversity of what he has to do, so he can't get in a rhythm. He can't just keep posting guys or he can't just keep blowing by, bigs on switches that is a way that they could you know over time handle us but it also limits the flow of golden state's offense if you always have some like rando 3-4 in the game if it's you know jta or kaminga or somebody who's not really you know who's who hasn't either been in the rotation or is a rookie straight up a rookie you know 19 20 year old kid like uh like kaminga it staples their offense a little bit so yes. they're gonna have to make a choice if like you know are we just going to let Luca cook or, you know, is, is the fact that we're just leaving a guy in the corner uh, the entire game while we double step and clay, is that also, uh, you know, which one is, which one is the preferred evil here? And I think that's the, that's the decision that's going to be made in like game three or four after games one and two uh, they don't, they can't really figure out which is best.
0: Well, I'm going to be, Draymond Green didn't play in three of the regular series games. So there's an element of this which, on defense, what the Mavericks did, I think almost has to be thrown out because I'm not sure how much you can blitz Steph Curry, which they did a ton more than any other team in the regular season, according to um, Lightyear, Samus Fendiari. And I don't know if Draymond is the one receiving that, like the, the, the out, what do you call it? The, uh, the release valve pass yes, kind yeah. of out, out of,
1: it, that's open.
0: where he thrives. That is where he is one of the best men and he might not be able to shoot it, but he makes the right play. And that's where Dallas gets kind of eaten alive. They, they were not able to do it against the Suns, Um, cause Chris Paul is also unbelievable at making the right pass. And it, it's, the Warriors' offense is so unlike anything else the Mavericks have faced thus far. Where you're, you're, they're three point heavy, yes, but they're so motion activated. They do a lot of dribble handoffs and stuff like that. So, watching what Dallas does um, is going to be particularly interesting, uh, in 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 a fun way because, thus far, the Mavericks. Coaching staff has kind of come up for for answers to the various questions against two very good offenses in the Suns and the Jazz. So what they do against the Warriors is going to be particularly fascinating, which leads kind of right into the second thing you you sent me and your your kind of stream of consciousness. This is what we should talk about: is this another Frank Milikina series? And i don't know i mean the, I the frank care. stuff kind of vexes me because people are like "Ah, right, he needs to be playing more all year if frank Milkina has a future in the league it's as a skinny three and d wing like he's not a guard and watching him shoot like he blew a layup he missed three pointers like he is just he's a specialist at this point because his wingspan is ab- absurd but I, I just, I don't know because he has to be functional on offense for them to matter. And I'm not sure he, he, he can do that. So I do bet he plays some because Josh green is Josh green is just bait. He He's just asking some, cause he's not like, I, I don't, I make people mad when I say this, John green might, or Josh green might
1: have the tools, but he's not a good defender. He's just not. No, he's well, he makes, he jumps too much and he makes too, he takes too many chances. Like it's just the way it is. Um, and that's on offense and defense, by the way. It's just the way he, yep. he is. He's young. He's a young yeah, player. Yeah, that's fine. And um, so in, but that's the thing with this is I don't know about Frank because he proved uniquely skilled in that last series of getting over every goddamn screen. Like every screen. He was just over every screen, and it made a, it. pissed up Devin Booker off like crazy. And there is a line of thought where if you're playing Steph Curry, you just need a guy out there to run around and chase Steph Curry and just hang out on offense yep. and not touch the ball and don't do anything. Mm. And Frank is that guy. <laughs> like, honest to God, if you say, like, dude, this is your man, um, you need to do this because otherwise Jalen Brunson is going to be exhausted. And otherwise Reggie is going to be exhausted. I think yeah. you're going to see mostly Reggie on him. But in the second unit, do you want Spencer Dinwiddie chasing around Steph Curry, I don't think so man. I think that that's why I think it's possible. It's a frank series for, you know, 15 20 minutes a game to spell Reggie and make sure he can still get shots off. Like it's a full-time job. It really is. He's the most active in he's the most active off-ball player in the NBA and that is so tiring. So I do think if Frank's only job is that and say like say to Frank, look, you're taking two dribbles tops yep. this entire game. I think that's fine. I think I think it's a totally reasonable idea. I don't know if that's where we're going. I think it's a better idea than Josh Green, who just like we said does too much, fouls too much. It's going to be an issue. But I think that's I think it's an opportunity for him. I think this is can be like, hey man, I'm just going to Chris Dunn you for 15 minutes and that's it. I'm going to make your life harder and we'll wear you out. And that would be a good move for us.
0: Well, speaking of other guys who might, uh, somebody asked me this in the the Spotify live that I did and you asked the same question is this, is this a bit of a revival series for Dwight Powell who played something like 91 total minutes against the, um, against the Suns? And the answer to that question is maybe I am going to be curious to see what the warriors do because they don't have, you know, Kavon Looney is, is actually shorter than, than Powell, though. I think he has a longer wingspan. Um, This is not. There's going to be more vertical opportunities for Powell to make his his uh, offensive game felt in a way that there just hasn't been the previous two series. So I'm I think there's something there. Um, I'm I'm curious though because defensively Powell has been much better because he's playing in a more active scheme. But I mentioned something earlier about a lot of the motion offense the Warriors run. If you're running dribble handoffs and attacking Dwight Powell, he's just going to get eaten alive.
1: Yeah, so, that, that's the issue. Right. Yeah. I mean, offensively, it's going to work. They're, they're going to. I think this is, uh, you know, these these games where we hold teams to like less than 80 points, that's over with this series. Yep. So we may have to make a decision if we're just going to try to outscore them. And if we do, we're in a much better place. We just played probably the two best pick and roll uh, defensive teams in terms of breaking up lobs, in terms of, uh, you know, crashing the paint. Uh, while it's in action, that I can think of at least in the West, and that's why Powell's entire offensive game. That's why he was like a novelty starter the last game, just to you know keep continuity. Yeah, uh, and I, that's fine. I don't I have no problem with that. If that's if it's two or three minutes, which is what it was, that was totally okay. Um, that said, in this series, there's real offensive opportunity here. You know, you can get these smalls lost on switches. Steph is a good defender, but if if he and Looney are the guys charged with the Luca and Powell pick and roll, or if, you know, if it's Wiggins or, uh, or, or the JB pick and roll too, it's going to be a problem for them. I really, I mean, it's a huge issue for them. We don't necessarily have to go five out. It gives them diversity back to our offense. We just didn't have in the last series. The last series was just like five out, you know, ISO, 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 try to get to the paint, try to collapse, and try to get the defense to collapse and try to get, kick the ball back out. This is a little bit more of a standard offense that we can run for as long as Dwight's in the game. So I think it's an opportunity again. I think it, it should be a revival series for him. But it really depends on if we can keep on the floor defensively and if we can make, uh you know, if we can make Draymond try to do stuff while Dwight's on him. Well, that was
0: that was actually just one more point of basketball, like tactical nerddom. Yeah. You wrote to me, or are, are the Mavericks not going to be anywhere near... Draymond Green so long as he's above the free throw line extended area. And yeah. I think that's a firm, yes, where if if the Mavericks lose games because Draymond Green hits three pointers, you 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 live with it. You just live with it.
1: Oh my god, yeah, that's that would be a dream. If he's taking more than like eight shots a game, we are in very good business, I think. Um especially if any if half of those are outside the paint, we're in great shape, man.
0: Um that's taking about be, six yeah. shots a game. He's yeah. only taking maybe one to one-and-a-half threes a game. He's not hitting any of them. But he. It, that that aside, you, you sort of go into it understanding that the Mavericks need to be careful about where you don't want to get beat by, by buckets like that, where if you're doing all the hard work, and this was always my concern against the Suns, where they're doing their hard work against Booker, and against Paul, and then there were, you know, thankfully never ended up biting them, but there were just like, there's like a Cam Johnson offensive board, like, the Mavericks have to have to control the glass, and the, if this is kind of going to be a small ball heavy series, it's going to be reliant on, honestly, the guards in Brunson and Luca pulling down a fair number of rebounds, and that's not, Luca gets a lot of the boards, I think, kind of by like, by, I don't want to say design, but, the Mavericks like him getting it and and, then moving immediately and, and just not just that's just something you got to be careful about. I mean, Looney had 11 offensive boards in the closeout game of the um, Memphis series. And that's just, that's something that, that hopefully the Mavericks are keeping an eye on where the, when they really make an effort to control the glass, they do a lot better, but it's just, it's a, it's a thing over time where they, they get, they sort of escape, um, they just sort of lose focus, and we've seen games where it's just been unending now, thankfully, it might have only happened a couple of times against Utah, so yeah. it, they're 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 in a good spot for those sorts of of um what do you want to call it like things where you can get particularly grindy and it, it wears teams you know it, it wears the team down just because they're not mentally focused. I think all these maps are pretty locked in at this point,
1: yeah, totally I think that was a secret to game seven. people didn't like to analyze game seven because it was over with so quickly. But JB was rebounding like a monster in the first yep. half of that game. And it helped them get out in the break. They had, you know, they had weird short breaks and secondary breaks. It was a it was a completely different game because of how they rebounded and how focused they were on uh scrambling after after misses. So that's going to be big for us. And I, I do think like we have had the last two series have been very focused on, you know, can the, you know, can these big step up? Can Gobert step up and Aiden? Can they make them pay and all this stuff? It's the opposite this time. And that might be a very different experience for us. Um, Looney is an under the radar, very good rebounder, active player who doesn't command touches, mm-hmm. and that might be more of a struggle for us than a Gobert thing or something we can really strategize and, and, and uh, play around with. So I'm optimistic, Kirk, in general about this series. I think you know all all season. You and I have both said I'm I'm more scared of the Suns than the Warriors. Yep. I think Things have changed in the playoffs because uh, the Warriors have, you know, formed an identity and the Suns uh, had some sort of like Benjamin Button thing happen. I don't know what something happened to them. They just like it just molted like the lady in the shining at the end of that series. It was very weird. So we ha- like I am now more afraid of the Warriors than I was of the Suns at the end of that series. Um, but I don't know if that's just because we out coached them on a series. Yeah, Either way. It's, Kirk. it's gravy. Four years ago, we were like, man, I really hope they draft this guy, and now it's beyond our wildest dreams, and I'm very happy to be along for the ride here.
0: I'd same because what comes after this season is a stank of expectations, which are not going to be fun. Yep. Um, This is their best, I don't want to say their last, you know, there's... this '90s sci-fi series, Babylon Five, like one of the X, like one of the the intro lines was the last best hope for peace. And I keep thinking about like the playoffs in this sort of series, where I think the Mavericks blew the last two years in terms of not going for more talented players when they had opportunities. Because I thought there were two good chances to go win a title, both in the bubble and last year, and they just didn't have talent. This is legitimately going to be next year. It, the West has. You know things always happen. Let's be clear, in off seasons and otherwise. But on paper, you get the Clippers improving unbelievably. You get Denver just getting back. Let's say Michael Porter Jr. doesn't ever come back because his backs are backs are a horror show. Jamal uh Jamal's coming back, and he's an outstanding
1: basketball player. There, there's there's just he was a legitimately top ten player in the bubble. He was. Yeah,
0: I mean so, I'm not a particularly big fan of his, but it's yeah, but it's was. just an example of of depth, and that's a team. It, you know the 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 damn pelicans are going to be really good next year in theory. There's just a lot. so it's like if there is a time for the Mavericks, the time is right now because they may not now that they've already gotten over kind of the the two the the big hurdles in in the in the playoffs, you know, the I think, and if I were, you know, I, I kind of find this series to be a toss up. I think Boston may be in theory better than they are, but the Mavericks have also beat the crap out of the Boston, out of the Celtics the last year. So there's a real opportunity here where you can see a path to the finals towards the championship, which I would, you know, I just, I wouldn't have said that even a month ago. Um, And that, yes. that feels really fun. It's, so it's,
1: this is, this is the last pure fun ride. I think uh, mm-hmm. spe- if, Especially if we win at all, because uh, then you get into, like, I don't want to say this. We get into, like, the GOAT conversation. You have that whole thing of all these expectations. Um, so well, let's just enjoy this. It's going it's to be uh, a very, very wild ride for the next, I'm hoping, month. And I think yep. we're, in, we're in a really good place now. And the other thing is there's nobody kryptonitic. Like, last, the last two series against the Clippers, we were like, damn, man, I don't want to play that team. Like, we're going to lose to that team. I don't feel that way about these teams. I feel like it's you know it's going to be difficult, but we can win these series. So um, we are I, again. I'm all, I'm along for the ride. But I kind of have my hopes up at this point. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm very into what's going to happen. Like the we get we're guaranteed four games, and yep. most likely I think the series goes six, just because that's yep. how these things go. Um, and I'm I'm really looking forward to to what. The Mavericks cook up defensively, uh, and, and where and where they go from here. I mean, it's it's gonna be really fun to talk about. I, I will say that in terms of national conversations, I still don't think there's been enough understanding of how the Dallas Mavericks did this.
1: They and... don't understand that it's they they still talk about this like it's fluky, mm. but it is not fluky. We we've seen this since you know. January in really since the KP trade, right. That's mm-hmm. really the difference. The vibe shift on the team has been substantial and the lack of ego among anybody around Luca is an enormous thing. These people are really committed to making this guy, the best player in the NBA and uh, filling like fulfilling their roles completely. Yep. Um, it's a, it's like a selfless team now. And uh, they, they, have played like the best team in the NBA since I've seen them. Them and the Suns, and we just beat the Suns. So uh, that's where we're at now, man. Like we people, I hope people wake up and watch the tape of this team because they are. I would say they're not the underdog. They have the lowest odds to win the title, and no, I'm not a betting guy.
0: And I, yes. I, I, I I've i considered funneling some of this uh, SB
1: Nation money towards a bet. <laughs> because no, let's see why not, man. I mean, it's. Like I get it if you're like it's like the Celtics. They, you know, had they have this crazy defense, they had like basically historic defense in this kind of era. I get that. The mm. Heat don't get it at all. And the Warriors I understand, but I think we're just better than them. So just I don't know. I'm not a betting man either, but I I looked at the same odds. I was like, am I is this is a typo? It's wild.
0: Well, this has been fun, man. I was a little, I'm kind of dragging today. I'm i am going to work out in about an hour and I just don't want to, and I'm glad I got to talk. No, Let's good. talk I'm, some hoops.
1: I'm ready to go. Let's do it.
0: Let's do it. All right. So Ben, uh, if you don't follow Ben on Twitter, don't follow Ben on Twitter. Do not do um, it. Don't. Do not do it. Um, his uh he has a day job that nobody wants but him, apparently. Uh you know, <laughs> and... job, Kirk? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Uh you know, I I'm I'm Warriors Twitter is the closest thing to QAnon. How's that for a take? All right. Um, <laughs> this has been Kirk and Ben. Check us out, Mavs Moneyball. There's a lot of stuff going on on the site, writing a lot of different things. There's, I'm editing a post right now about Spencer Dimwitty and you know the fact that we kind of owe him. I don't know, apology is not the right word, but Spencer coming to life at the right time is really, really needed and everybody's happy about it. Um, I'll be back probably in the morning with another, uh, Moneyball Minute. If you want to, you know, tell your friends, subscribe, all that good stuff. It's been, uh, it's been a crazy, crazy ride so far. And we will talk to you guys a little bit later. Have a good day.